This is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of uh, speaking with uh, Dr. Christar Kohler, who is a professor in the Department of Special Operative and Oncologic Gynecology in Hamburg, Germany. Christar, welcome. Thank you. On behalf of all authors of our study, I want to thank you and the editorial board for the unique opportunity that we can present our data via this uh, podcast. It's really a great honor for us. Well, thank you so much. Uh, certainly, we anticipate that there's going to be a lot of discussion regarding the lead article uh, by you and your group on laparoscopic radical hysterectomy with uh, transvaginal closure of the vaginal cuff, and this was a, a multi-center analysis. Uh, certainly, obviously, this is very relevant uh, given the recent findings on the uh, LAC trial of um, worse uh, outcomes for the minimally invasive uh, uh, group that was undergoing radical hysterectomy. So with that, um, certainly, Chris, uh, this is, is quite a, a, an impressive amount of uh, data and, and of uh, over 1,952 uh, patients with cervical cancer that were evaluated. Um, but before we start the discussion on the details of the study, I was wondering if you can give us uh, some background as to the origin of this technique and why did you and your group start doing this uh, procedure on patients with early cervical cancer? Uh, thanks so much for the compliment, Pedro. Uh, you can really believe me, this was a really fascinating time for us as uh, young, very young and motivated gynecologic oncologist at the end of the last century at the University of Jena. This was under the leadership of Achim Schneider. And you know, laparoscopy was at the beginning, came up for gynecologic oncology. And on the other side, there were some very experienced vaginal surgeons still in our team. And thus, we had the opportunity to get teach in the original technique of Schauter, which was still alive in Jena since Döderlein had it used there. And some of his disciples were still alive. And these colleagues helped us to reintroduce this fascinating technique and combine it with laparoscopic approach. And this was our idea to combine the best from the vaginal route with the best by optimal and now done by laparoscopy in order to improve the quality of life and with the best oncologic results. And this was the idea to re-embark this technique. And, and so, Christopher, can you tell us um, <clears throat> a little bit about the actual uh, technique for our audience with regards to what are some of the, the key steps that you would um, consider in this particular approach? Yes, with pleasure I do this, Peter. Uh, the, uh, I love, I really uh, enjoy this technique because it's today a totally standardized, standardized technique of three steps. At first, we do in laparoscopic staging, including lymph node dissections, and wait for the histologic proof of two more free lymph nodes. If we got this call, we um, do a repositioning of the patient into lithotomy position. And this is then the vaginal step. And during the vaginal step, we create in the iodine-positive area 
in vaginal calf according to the tumor size and close this vaginal calf by a continuous suture. And uh, therefore, the tumor-containing cervix is completely excluded from any contact with the peritoneal cavity, and there's also no need for a transcervical manipulator. And again, we tried to illustrate these key steps in our um, um, paper with some hopefully self-explaining cartoons. And then, going back to the laparoscopy, the third step, then we can dissect the palmetra and as well as the ureteral dissection under the permanent magnification of laparoscopy and the best visualization for all team members. And therefore, it's really a standardized technique. Yes, and I might say that uh, for our uh, readers and, and certainly for those who are listening to this podcast, I would encourage them to see these really fantastic figures that are shown in your in your article with regards to the actual approach and, and the technique. Now, with that, uh, would you tell us a little bit about the main results of your study? And if you could put that in the context of what is happening today with minimally invasive surgery and radical hysterectomy. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, Peter. This is very important. Uh, also for us, the idea was to analyze the data after having uh, read the, uh, your data in the New England Journal. And now we, we can uh, tell to, uh, and we know that with our technique of vaginal assisted laparoscopic radical hysterectomy, following laparoscopic lymph node dissection, we can expect a disease-free survival rate of 96% after 4.5 years and the overall survival rate of nearly 98%, and it's the same, nearly the same as the open arm in your uh, leg trial. And uh, we are strongly believe, according to our results, that minimal invasive radical hysterectomy for these women with early cervical cancer must not condemned or forbidden uh, considering the results of both trials of course, this is one is a randomized trial and ours retrospective study, but with a huge number. But again, coming back at the end, probably we, we, we will um, hopefully find a conclusion to, to design a new trial, maybe with this technique. Yes, and, and certainly I think that it's a, an important point and one that I want to return to with regards to feasibility of, of subsequent trials potentially looking at this, uh, at this technique. But one of the things that, um, that I was looking at, Chris, in the, in the data was the element of uh, local and, and regional recurrences. And um, one question that I had was, given that this approach will presumably decrease the risk of tumor spillage because you're not using the manipulator, uh, why do you think was the reason for the fact that 50% of the recurrences were actually local regional recurrences in this group of patients? Yeah, I, I, I really agree with you, Peter. This is still an ongoing problem, but local re regional recurrences in patients with an histologic proven resection are probably due to small uh, tumor-containing lymph nodes or lymphatic vessels in the parametrial tissue, which is not resected and left behind. And this is always the same if you do, do um, or undepend from the approach, if you do it uh, vaginal-assisted or abdominal or total laparoscopic, 
probably there must be some tumor cells left and they are the reason for um, a recurrence, a local regional recurrence and the rate is totally the same in the abdominal route shown by Michael Hockel or in your study and in our study. And I think this is probably an ongoing problem and we do not have any uh, real good um, study ongoing about this issue uh, to prove this hypothesis where is the real problem for this reg local regional uh, recurrence. But again, it's independent in, in the same range for all approaches. Great. And um, Chris, sir, one of the things that, that you mentioned as it pertains to the to your approach, and uh, one point that I think seems to differ from most uh, standard practice is the issue of performing a frozen section on a full lymphadenectomy sample. And many pathologists are often not in favor of this approach. Um, I had a, a few questions about um, this uh, particular element. Um, what do you think is the, the external validity of this approach? In other words, how, how do your pathologists do such a comprehensive evaluation uh, of the lymph nodes and keeping it without substantial extension of the operative time? Uh, yes, I, I, I expected a little bit this one of these questions, and I'm very happy that, that we can discuss this a little bit. Um, um, we, at, from the early beginning, we tried to avoid uh, that uh, we combine routinely the radical hysterectomy with uh, um, chemoradiation, which is described in the literature between 15 to 85 percent of all radical hysterectomies. And fortunately, we, I mean, one of the main factors for doing uh, adjuvant chemoradiation is lymph node positivity. And therefore, we, from the very beginning of this approach, we try to uh, persuade our pathologist to perform a frozen section on all lymph nodes that we harvested during the procedure. Of course, this was a um, um, discussion at the beginning, but finally we could really uh, find an agreement with a pathologist in, at the University in Jena, at Charity in Berlin, and also here in Hamburg to do it, and uh, we're still doing this procedure. But, and you are totally right, it must be um, proven that there is a validity of this approach that we don't miss and have a very high rate of false negative nodes. We analyzed this during our period in Berlin where we tried to find out how is the rate of false negative that means micrometastasis in the lymph nodes that we have harvested. This was published by our radio-oncologist Simone Marnes in 2012 following more than 400 procedures and we could demonstrate the lymph node positivity of 2.9% that we have missed during the frozen section. And it's exactly the same rate as we have now in our study with around 3% lymph node positivity where, that we have missed and continued the radical hysterectomy. So probably it's all in, in this range from all, all over the period and I think this is an a rate that we, we can really uh, um, um, consider as an adequate rate for a false negative for frozen section of 
20 or 25 lymph nodes. Sure, and certainly I think that this may also um, provide you with a, with a very selective group of patients because one could potentially argue that by selecting only the lymph node negative patients and proceeding with a radical hysterectomy, then you may potentially be um, actually uh, d demonstrating a, a very good outcomes uh, potentially because there was a, a, a low risk of recurrence population. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, yes, indeed, um, Peter, I totally agree with you. On the other side, we could reduce our rate of adjuvant chemoradiation uh, um, um, around 11% compared to the lactride. And maybe this is in balance, maybe we have a better population. Okay, this can be only answered by a new randomized trial. But I totally agree this is a lower-risk population compared to others where you don't have the results or have more positive lymph nodes. I agree. So now, Krister, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was the issue of reproducibility of this technique and the impact of the learning curve for those who are not familiar with this approach. Can you tell us a little bit about how long does it take to learn this technique and to really get consistent results? Uh, thank you, Peter. I think this is a very important uh, thing for um, the distribution of this technique. And really, you can believe me from the bottom of my heart, and after having done all mistakes and failures of the traditional shelter procedure with respect to ureteral dissection and bladder dissection, uh, I, I really think that the new technique is now very educational and reproducible. If you have opened the, and prepared all the anatomical spaces during the first laparoscopic part and then moved to the vaginal part, it's really rather easy to learn even for those gynecologic oncologists who are not so familiar, familiar with transvaginal surgery. And indeed, it was really our intention for the modification of this combined technique to overcome much faster the learning curve and make the procedure easier to learn for fellows and residents. And I really think that we could establish now a very standardized technique and this technique is now much easier uh, to learn. And I assume if you have, as a gynecologic uh, oncologist, seen 10 or 10 consecutive uh, procedures, you will feel that it's really an easier procedure and not so difficult as it uh, looks at the first um, um, view. And Chris, are, it, what, what would you say are the, the most challenging steps of the procedure for you with so much experience doing this, uh, this approach? <laughs> um, this is uh, difficult to, uh, a little bit difficult to answer. The, the most challenging uh, steps of the procedure had been in the past during the traditional shelter procedure dissection of the ureter. But nowadays, with a modified technique, we could overcome this problem because we do now every step under total visualization. And the vaginal part is 
rather easy and it's 100% down done by our fellows and residents because you will take the iodine mark the area where you grasp your your vaginal cuff you incise the vagina and close the vagina and the rest is done under total laparoscopic uh, uh, visualization and uh, with one of our senior residents that always watches all the steps of the surgery so Altogether, I think it's really a standardized procedure and rather easy to teach and to demonstrate and to learn than all the other procedures I have seen in, in, in the past. Uh, so that was the aim to modify the technique. And I hope I can persuade a lot of people to, to f watch this procedure and to, to uh, adopt them to, your, to themselves. So that, that then brings me to the subsequent question. With regards to the probability of um, exploring a prospective randomized trial incorporating this technique, should there be a prospective randomized trial? And obviously I, I feel very, very, uh, very strongly about the, the value of prospective randomized trials. But what are your thoughts regarding moving forward? Um, for for our community of gynecologic oncology surgeons, should we consider exploring this approach um, in the setting of a prospective randomized trial, given the elements of the learning curve with this approach and the reproducibility of the procedure? Um, this is a, also a great question, Pedro, and I dis have discussed with many very experienced colleagues as you and others in the world, um, is it feasible to do a new randomized trial uh, with a knowledge of the lag trial, and uh, is this, would it be better to adopt this technique but uh, it's difficult because not so many uh, gynecological oncologists are familiar with this technique. So, um, but finally, I did, uh, my personal um, um, thinking is the only answer to a randomized trial, such a great work you did with your colleagues, can be another randomized trial. So we cannot only have a multicentral retrospective or prospective study. The answer should be another randomized trial, and hopefully we can persuade the, uh, a few very high-volume experience center to persuade and to take over this technique in order to eliminate one of the possible factors for the inferior outcome of the minimal invasive technique in the leg trial, and this is the vaginal cuff and the use of the manipulators. That's why I would love to do a new randomized trial together with many other experienced centers, but hopefully we can adopt this technique in this new trial. Well, Christar, certainly, obviously, it's been a, a pleasure uh, discussing this topic with you and, uh, and certainly would, would love to continue um, some of these uh, uh, conversations. I want to thank you for submitting this very interesting uh, manuscript to the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer um, and certainly want to give you the opportunity to see if you wanted to provide any uh, closing remarks. Uh, th uh, and, uh, thank you so much, Pedro, again. 
uh, you and your uh, editorial board were so helpful uh, and uh, supported us so much. And, uh, and before we finish, I want really to thank you all for this continuous uh, support. This was outstanding. If I have the opportunity for some closing remark, um, please let me say that your study, the LAC trial, was a very, very important study and saved many women uh, life years due to the fact that um, a bad, better, um, or bad performed minimal invasive surgery is really dangerous for, for them compared to open surgery. Um, the, but however, the primary aim of the, and hypothesis of your trial to show that laparoscopy is oncologic safe and equal uh, should not be rejected since the laparoscopic technique we used is, uh, uh, did show some other results and better comparable to the open arm in your study. And again, with a long follow-up period of our cohort, more than eight years, and no selection bias for laparoscopy or open surgery, we could demonstrate this low recurrence rate and the high survival rate in our cohort. And that really, uh, we strongly believe that we should do a randomized trial respecting the basic principles of oncologic hygiene without using manipulator, without stretching the tumor and hopefully we get some better results there. Well, thank you so much, Christar, once again, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me, too, and thank you again for your great support.